Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. The children of Israel are heartbroken. They're busted up inside. They're mourning. They're crying. And rightfully so. Moses was a greatly godly man. But there's a time, though, that the mourning needs to stop. That they need to get up and they need to go forth because what happened when they went forth? Joshua then became the leader and they came into the what? The promised land. The land that God had promised them. And so God has got great things when you move forward. In difficult seasons of life, there is a time of mourning, but there is also a time to get up and keep moving forward. In today's study, Pastor Eric will teach us examples in the Bible of when God told the people that the mourning was over and it was time to go forth. Samuel was sad about the fall of Saul, but God tells him to move on. It was time to anoint the new king. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message entitled, Keep Moving Forward. It's time to move forward. There's a time to mourn, but mourning should not last forever. It's for a period of time. And the children of Israel, you guys, they mourned for Moses for 30 days. Did you know that the Bible said that? Check this out in Deuteronomy 34, 8. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Moses was like a huge player for the children of Israel. He dies. The children of Israel are heartbroken. They're busted up inside. They're mourning. They're crying. And rightfully so. Moses was a greatly godly man. But there's a time, though, that the mourning needs to stop. That they need to get up and they need to go forth because what happened when they went forth? Joshua then became the leader and they came into the what? The promised land. The land that God had promised them. And so God has got great things when you move forward. And so God encourages Samuel to move on. He tells them to go to Jesse, anoint the new king, instead of sitting around and mourning for Saul. You know, he told them to move forward, and that is a good word for us tonight. If there's mourning going on within your soul, it's okay to mourn. But you know what? Maybe it's the time to move forward. Maybe it's the time to go forward with God and to seeing what he has. Because again, God's plans do not stop for anything. Because he's a God that moves. He is constantly moving forward, just as we should. Man, great, great word. And so when you move forward, great things happen when you move forward. And, and I just put down some three instances, okay? When, remember when the Israelites were crying out and God says, why are you crying? Well, guess what happened when they moved forward? The Red Sea came in and crushed the Egyptians, okay? Number two, here's Joshua crying on the ground. Get up, Joshua. Okay, there's sin. Address the sin. Now go back and fight AI. And guess what happened? Victory. Victory came from moving forward. Then we see by Samuel moving forward, David becomes king of Israel, which, by the way, is a link to Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a huge thing for moving forward and a great thing for moving forward. 
And so Samuel asks God, how does this work then? If you want me to go to Jesse in Bethlehem, how is it going to work? Because if Saul finds out that I'm going to anoint a a new king, he's going to be angry about this and he's going to want to kill me. He's going to want to kill me. And so God says to him, okay, go and take a sacrifice with you. It's not that God was telling Samuel to lie. He was just saying, hey, I want you to sacrifice as well. And that's what you're going to do when you come into Bethlehem to go anoint the new king. You're going to go there. You're going to do a sacrifice and you're going to anoint the new king. Man, I love this because God always has a plan. And whenever we have a concern or doubt, God comes through. God comes through. And whenever we have that concern, well, how is this going to work, you know? I don't know how it's going to happen. If God has told you to do something, he's going to provide for it, okay? He's going to come through with it. Check this out. Mark 10, 27, Jesus said this, with man, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And so here Samuel's wondering, how is this going to happen without me getting killed? God's like, hey, take a sacrifice with you. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that will work then. Yeah, I won't get killed then if I go in there just bringing in a sacrifice. Guys, get the point. As human beings, we have our concerns, don't we? We have our doubts. We have our concerns. But you know what the Bible says about those concerns and doubts? It says this in Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Amen. Woo, woo, hallelujah. (laughs) Write that down in your notebook. Put it on your window in your truck or your car because that is a promise from God saying, if you put your cares on me, the righteous, by the way, as those who believe in Jesus Christ, will not, what? Be moved. Amen. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Oftentimes we say to the Lord. But what is Jesus saying? What is God saying he wants? He wants them on him. On him. Not to him, but place them on him. A great picture of that, right? Because oftentimes we're saying, cast your cares to Jesus. No, Jesus is saying, take it a step further. I actually want you to place them on me. I want you to put your doubts, your concerns, everything upon me. Because Peter confirms this in 1 Peter 5, 7, saying, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Why does he want your concerns? Why does he want your doubts? Why does he want your doubts and concerns, church? For he cares for you. God cares for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God cares for you? Because I do. I believe that he cares for you. I believe that he cares for me. And therefore, we need to cast those concerns, those burdens onto Jesus because Jesus is asking you to put them on him. So to not to do this is disobedience. If you don't put them upon him, then you're being disobedient because Jesus says, I want you to put it on me. I want you to put it on me. And so if we're holding on to them, then we are being disobedient to Jesus because he's saying, I want your cares because I care for you. Jesus is saying to us, you guys, that he wants the load. He wants the load. 
He wants your concerns. He wants your stress. I mean, we're, I mean, that's probably a multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar industry to get rid of stress. I mean, there's these goofy lotions that you can buy that say stress-free, reduce stress, and you're rubbing it all over your body. Oh, please let me be stress-free. Are you stress-free then? No, you're just lubed up. <laughs> I mean... The reality is, is that these things, these gimmicks, they might smell good, but they don't take away the burden. Jesus Christ is the antidote. He is the one who brings the relief. He says, give it to me. Man, so Samuel asking God, how's this going to work? Well, Sam, just tell me, and, uh, I, oh, and this is what's going to happen. Samuel went to God, and God said, Take a cow with you, huh? And you'll be fine. So Samuel then goes to Bethlehem. It continues, right? He goes to Bethlehem. And how cool is this? Jesse is the grandson of Ruth and Boaz. How cool is that? You know? And they go to Bethlehem. And how cool is that? (laughs) That's where Jesus is coming from. The lineage of David being born in Bethlehem, amazing the, the linkage of God's word here. And then when Samuel rolls into town, the leaders of the town are like, do you come peacefully? You know, they're all worried. Why are they worried? Why are they worried? Well, because you got ninja Samuel cutting kings in half, right? And so they're like, are you coming peaceably? He's like, yeah, I'm coming peaceably. I'm coming to sacrifice to God. Will you come and, and join me? And so they come, and and Samuel then uh, consecrates Jesse and his boys. Now remember that Samuel was a priest, and and so he was able to sanctify Jesse and the boys, meaning that he set them apart, uh, getting them ready for the sacrifice. What a great picture of Jesus, you guys. What a great picture of our Lord and Savior. Because Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 9, is described as our high priest. He is our high priest, and Jesus, being our high priest, has sanctified us. Uh, check out 1 Corinthians chapter 6 when it says, And such uh, were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Man, what a beautiful verse that is, because Jesus, the high priest, has washed you, and he has set you apart and justified you by his holy name. Beautiful. So just as Samuel got Jesse and the boys ready for the Lord, Jesus Christ sanctifies all those who believe in his name. Uh, And he washes you, he justifies you, so that you can stand before God. And when God sees you, he sees his holiness. He sees holiness in you. No way. There's no way, Pastor. Oh, yes, there is a way. It's through Jesus Christ. He sees you holy. Uh, and I love this, you guys, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says that, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That you can be the righteousness of God because of who? Jesus Christ. Amen. So Samuel, when he gets there, he sanctifies the family, but then the, the scouting starts to happen. He starts looking at the boys, and, and Jesse's boys go before Samuel, and Samuel thought the first one was the one. He's like, surely this is the guy, man. This is, this is the one who God wants, but God was so quick, right? He said, Samuel, 
I don't see as man sees. I don't see as man sees. Uh, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Well, that brings up a great issue, doesn't it? Can I judge or can't I? Can I judge or can't I judge? As human beings, you guys understand this. We touched about it last Sunday, but a human being, us as men and women, we can only judge physically. We can only judge on the outward appearance. Uh, We cannot see what's going on in the heart of man. But we live in a time period where people are constantly saying, don't judge me. Don't judge me and don't judge them, right? From what I'm seeing, that's the word on the street, (laughs) you know, don't judge. But the truth is, we all judge. The truth is, is that we all judge. We all judge physically. Well, pastor, it says not to judge. Yes, you're correct. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 7. He said, do not judge. Uh, and you can read that in Matthew 7 when he's uh, giving the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus was referring to the judgment of the heart of man. You can't judge the heart of man. Man does not have the authority to judge the heart. Only God has that authority. Judging of the heart is God's responsibility. Now, Matthew 7, we're going to read a little bit of this. In in verse 3, it says, And Jesus speaking, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Clearly, Jesus is speaking about the heart, that we cannot judge the heart. And I believe verse 5 in Matthew is the key. When he says hypocrite, okay, he says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. We must not judge the sin in one's heart meaning don't be a sin sniffer, right? Sniffing out the sin of somebody else's life. Uh, Because here's the reality, you guys, is that we must remove our sin first. We need to remove the sin that's going on in our lives first. And once we do this, then we can help others who have sin get rid of theirs, right? Praise God. So how do we remove our sin? Confession, repentance to Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So how can Jesus forgive us? Well, he died for us. He died for you. And then he was raised from the dead. And being raised then from the death of, uh, that he suffered, he conquered not only death, but he conquered sin. Okay? And therefore, if you confess and repent, then Jesus has the authority to pardon you from sin. Why? Because he has conquered sin and death. Therefore, the authority and the power has been given to Jesus Christ to pardon you, meaning that you're free to go because your sins were taken care of by me. He has the authority and the right to do this. Now, once your sin has been removed, then you, as a person who has received that pardon, have a responsibility a responsibility to tell others that their sin can be forgiven as well and that they can have eternal life and they can have this new creation of life through Jesus Christ. You can do this because your log that was stuck in your eye has been removed. 
You can do this. You can share this grace because the log has been removed from your eyes. So now, as Jesus said in Matthew, now that you have seen clearly, you can help your brother who has a speck in their eye to remove that because you have the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And you have the tweezers to pull that speck out, and that tweezer is Jesus Christ. And it's the blood of Christ that pulls it out. It's not your personal judgment. It's uh, Jesus wanting them to not have a speck in their eye. So check this out. It doesn't matter what you look physically or what you're doing physically. It matters what your heart is like. Okay? That's what matters. I don't care what you look like physically. I don't care what you're doing outwardly physically. I care about your heart because that's what Jesus Christ cares about. He cares about the heart. And my heart, you guys, is this. As a person who has been forgiven, right, I want you to have that forgiveness. I want mankind to have that forgiveness just as I've experienced that forgiveness. I'm not judging you or the sin that is produced physically in and through you, right, but I'm going to share about how my log has been removed. I'm going to share how my log has been taken out. I'm going to share how I've experienced the grace of God and how Jesus has removed that. I'm going to tell you that you can have your log or your speck taken out as well. Because here's the reality is that I'm not judging you. I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your heart. I'm concerned that I don't want you to experience the end result of your sin, which, by the way, is total separation from God, death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, okay? I'm concerned about that portion of it. And the only way that I can help you is to show you and share to you what God says about what you're doing. And the Bible says this, you guys, in Proverbs 31, 9, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. The only way that I can judge righteously, with righteous judgment, okay? My words from my flesh are not righteous, okay? They are not righteous. So me saying I don't like you because you look this certain way or you do this certain act is wrong. It's sinful on my part because I'm just judging you on the outside appearance. I'm not able to judge on the heart, but what I can do is judge righteously. I can, instead of speaking my words that are not righteous, I can speak the righteous word of God and let God then work on your heart. So therefore, if you think I'm judging you, I'm not, okay? I'm trying to spare you from the judgment by telling you about the one who spared me who can spare you. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I mean, that's what it is. I'm not judging. I'm just trying to show you the one who spared my life because I was going on the same path as many people. And I bet every single one of you were going on that same path. In fact, I know you were because the Bible says, for we have all sinned and we all deserve death. Therefore, we were all on that path, but some of you have found the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And that grace is not just for you alone, but it's for the entire world. Therefore, the world needs to know that grace of Jesus Christ. So to judge is wrong. And it breaks my heart because there are pastors that are saying this. And I quote, I think all gays should be executed. And I quote, and that came from a pastor in Tempe in 2013, according to the Christian Post. A Christian pastor saying, I believe... Well, I think all gays should be executed. I disagree. 
I believe that people that are practicing and living that lifestyle need to hear about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. To share the grace of God in Jesus is not wrong. It is not wrong to share the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Again, because we've all sinned, all are in need in this grace. And, and to those, this is a gift of grace. And we need to speak up. We need to speak up. We, we don't need to lay down in our bunkers and wait for the return of Christ. We need to speak up and share the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. May our hearts be like God's, desiring that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Unfortunately, though, sharing the grace of God, some will think that you're judging them. Some will think that, God, that you're judging them because you're sharing the grace of God. And, and to those who think this, they are hardening their hearts to Jesus Christ. Uh, so if this is the case, what do we do? We let them go, we love them, and we pray for them, okay? But we must keep moving forward with the message of Jesus Christ. Back to our text. David then becomes the one. David is presented to Samuel. And then the Lord says, this is the one who I'm going to anoint as king. And so God starts using him in a mighty way, right? In verses 14 through 23, we see that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now, some people are thinking, well, why did God send a distressing spirit to Saul? It's because of Saul's hardenings of the heart that he allowed him to go over to his debased mind, okay? And and so in that heartache, and and when you separate from God, you know, if you've ever been there, you know that feeling where you just feel depressed and separated and lonely. And so here, God is graceful with Saul, and he he allows uh, David to come and, and play for him. And every time that David played, guess who was playing through David? God. God was playing through him, which brought a sense of ease to Saul. Beautiful. God was still reaching out to Saul, even in the times that he was disobedient and walked away from him. In conclusion, we live in a sinful, fallen world. Period. May we not be sidelined with mourning. We can mourn all day long for the things and the decisions of this world and what the world is choosing to do. You can mourn, you can cry, but let me tell you, church, we must rise and continue the mission of Jesus Christ. We must not be sidelined with mourning. We must rise and continue to move forward. May we have a heart to move forward. May we not focus on the physical of man, but instead focusing on the saving grace of Jesus Christ. If you are wanting to receive this grace, all it takes is a sincere heart. All it takes is a sincere heart, a heart that is willing to turn to Jesus, confessing him as Lord, believing in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and be willing to turn your life to Jesus Christ. And instead of you doing it, allowing him to turn you away from those sins, okay? Because you can't do anything on your own. You need Jesus. Amen? You need Jesus. And so whoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I say amen to that. Thank you, Jesus, for putting it out there for us just to call upon your name, to trust in you, to have a new life. Not by works, but by our faith in walking with him. Guys, we have a great mission set before us. Such a time as this, God has found you worthy to be in this land and in this world to be his light and to be his salt, to share the grace of God. Amen? Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, 
perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.